Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Live Through Jesus podcast with Courtney Gilmore. On this episode, we're going to be talking about telling the truth. The Ninth Commandment, Exodus 20, and Deuteronomy 5. And I'll be reading all the scriptures from the ESV version unless I specify that it is the New King James. Quickly before we get started, if you're new to Live Through Jesus, make sure you go to livethroughjesus.com and sign up to receive your free five-week Bible study over Abraham. There you'll also find blog posts that coincide with the teachings on this podcast and social media links, which is another way to keep in touch throughout the week. Okay, let's get started. Has anyone ever told a lie about you? Most likely this has happened to all of us to some degree. And other people's lies can really damage our reputation, but also depending on who they tell the lie to and what it's about, we can suffer consequences for things that we never even did because of their lies. And it's really hard to prove that you didn't do something, right? You can kind of prove that you've done something. You can show evidence of that. But it's really difficult if someone accuses you of doing something that you never did. It's very hard to prove that you didn't do it. How do you how do you prove that? And so lies are really damaging. And because of this, one of the Ten Commandments deals with defamation and slander. And because God cares so much about the truth and about justice, he puts safeguards in the law to prevent people from suffering consequences for things that they didn't do because of another person's lies. And he also imposes very strict consequences for people that tell lies about others. And so let's just go ahead and get right into the laws, how God protects the innocent and the consequences for those who choose to tell lies. So this ninth commandment is found in Exodus 20, 16 and in Deuteronomy 5, 20. And it just says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And so as I said before, telling lies about another person can really damage their reputation and they can also suffer consequences for things that they haven't done. And so this rule applies in a court of law, but it also applies in just our everyday lives. In the legal sense, this is defamation and perjury. And in the social and relational sense, it's slander. And again, because God cares so much about the truth and about justice, he wants us to always tell the truth. And that's why this is one of the big 10 rules. And then in Proverbs 6, 16 to 19, it tells us that God hates six things and seven are an abomination to him. And it says a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to running to evil, a false witness that speaks lies, and someone who sows discord among his brethren. And so if you look at this, many of these things revolve around telling lies. The first one says a lying tongue, but then it also says 
a false witness that speaks lies, and then someone that sows discord, which anyone that is telling a lie is going to be sowing discord among others. And then I'm just going to read you a couple more Proverbs that deal with the same thing, just to reinforce that God really cares about us speaking the truth about one another. Proverbs 12, 17, whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. Proverbs 14, 5, a faithful witness doesn't lie, but a false witness utters lies. And then also verse 25 in that same chapter, a true witness delivers souls, but a deceitful witness speaks lies. The truth can save lives. That's what he's saying here. And then Proverbs 24, 28. Be not a witness against your neighbor without cause and do not deceive with your lips. So whenever we give a false report about another person, we run the risk of somebody else exposing our lie, right? And so when there's several witnesses, the truth kind of starts to line up. You start to see, okay, all of these people are telling the same story. And then there's these couple that aren't quite saying the same thing. The false people start including various differences that don't line up with the others. And because false witnesses know this, whenever they're going to tell a lie about someone, they try to get other people to lie with them and they, you know, get together and they say, okay, this is what we're going to say so that all of their stories line up. Because true stories automatically line up. Everybody's telling exactly what they know to be true. And all of that lines up pretty well, you know, barring a little bit of different perspective, maybe. But the facts line up. But if you're going to tell a false story, then you try to get other people to do the same thing. And you try to get all the facts to line up. And God says, don't do that. Do not join yourself with these liars. To, to bear false witness against another person. And we'll find out later there's consequences for that. So he's saying, you know, don't tell a lie yourself and don't let other people persuade you to do it. And so I'm going to read you what it says in Exodus 23, 1 to 2. You shall not spread a false report. You shall not join hands with a wicked man to be ma a malicious witness. You shall not fall in with the many to do evil. That's tempting. Whenever one person lies and then they get a couple more people to come along with them, it's easy to just be like, oh, I don't want to go against the grain. But God says, don't do that. And you shall not bear false witness in a lawsuit, siding with the many to pervert justice. Again, God cares about truth and justice. And so we don't want to mess with either one of those things. So let's talk about some possible motivations for lying about another person. Maybe we want other people to like us more. And so we tell a lie about somebody so that they won't like that person anymore and they'll like us. Basically, we slander this person to damage their reputation and get people to like us instead. Or maybe we disagree with the way that a person is doing things or how they conduct themselves. And so we just spread lies around town so that people will stop following them, stop listening to them, stop doing what they say and do what 
you're wanting them to do. Leviticus 19, 16 says, you shall not go around as a slanderer among your people. You shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. And so we might even believe that they did this thing that we're accusing them of. But if we don't have any proof, then maybe we're just like, well, I got to make something up so people will believe me, even though I think this is true. I don't really have any evidence. And so I'm going to make up some evidence so that people will believe me because I need people to stop listening to this person. And that's not okay either. If they've done this thing that is so egregious to you, there should be proof. And we should search for the truth, find that, and then tell the truth. Now, Maybe there's not even a shred of truth to what we have to say about this person. Maybe we are just being malicious. Maybe we do not like this person and we just want them punished. Maybe that's the case. But also, sometimes we lie about other people inadvertently. We're not trying to hurt them. We don't hate them. We aren't even trying to get anyone to think anything about them. We're not doing any of those things before. What we're actually doing is just trying to kind of save ourselves because maybe we're the person that did the wrong thing, but we don't want anyone to think that it was us. And so maybe we don't even name the other person. Maybe we just say that we didn't do it. And then inadvertently, the blame falls on that other person. And in that way, we're also slandering them. If we know that we're the one that did it and we say that we didn't, then we have to know that someone is going to get blamed for that. And so we've lied about ourselves and in effect lied about someone else. And now they're going to take blame for something that we've done. So even though we're not trying to hurt a person in that situation and we're really just kind of trying to save our own skin, we should have the courage to tell the truth. If for no other reason, then we don't want to hurt other people that are completely innocent. Luke 6.31 says, just as you want men to do to you, do to them likewise. And that's from the New King James Version. And that's the do unto others verse. However, you would want other people to treat you, treat them the same way. Ephesians 4.25, also from the New King James Version. Therefore, putting away lying, let each of you speak truth with his neighbor. We are all members of one another. So he's saying, you know, you're part of a community. What you say matters. Because you want to live peaceably with other people, you need to tell the truth about them. And then Philippians 2.3-4. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each of you esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Also from the New King James. So that hits that last motivation for lying, right? Whenever we were just thinking about ourselves and not other people, they're kind of hitting it from a different angle. It's like, not only don't lie about other people, but Think about them a little bit. <laughs> Think about what your lie could do to someone else, because sometimes we don't think about that. We're not purposefully lying about them. We're just not telling the truth. And that is hurting someone else. And he says, you know, don't put yourself above other people. Think about them a little bit. Think about what you say and how that could affect others and tell the truth. 
even if it hurts you. Have the courage to do that. And then we get into justice for the liar. If you've ever been lied about, you want justice. <laughs> and so this is Deuteronomy 19, 5 through 20. And it says, a single witness shall not suffice against a person for any crime or for any wrong in connection with any offense that he has committed. On the evidence of two or three witnesses shall a charge be established. So what he's saying is, you can't just take the word of one person. If you only have one witness, then you just have one person's word against another. And you don't know who to trust in that situation. And so he says, if someone is accusing another person of something, then there needs to be a couple of people that are saying the same thing before you just go about believing it, especially in a court of law, whenever someone can be punished for this thing that another person is accusing them of. And then it goes on in verse 16 to say, if a malicious witness arises to accuse a person of a wrongdoing, then both parties to the dispute shall appear before the Lord, before the priests and the judges who are in the office in those days. And then the judges shall inquire diligently. And if the witness is a false witness and it has accused his brother falsely, then you shall do to him what he meant to do to his brother. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. And the rest shall hear and fear and shall never again commit such an evil among you. Okay, so this is justice. And I, I like this because there we know in our justice system today, there are people that come about accusing someone falsely all the time. And sometimes these are really harsh consequences. Either it damages someone's reputation so badly just because you've accused them right? Even not in the justice system, just in a workplace or something like that. Their reputation is so damaged just by the false accusation. Someone just has to say that they did this thing and then they're tainted by this, even though nothing of the sort ever happened. And when somebody can just accuse you of something without any proof, and then you suffer consequences from that, then what prevents them from doing it? other than just their good conscience. If they don't have that, then what would deter them? And so God says, I have a way to deter them. If they're trying to get something bad to happen to that person and they lie about that person, then when you find out that they lied, then that's their consequence instead. Perfect justice. I love this. God cares about us. He doesn't want people to be able to to go around saying something that's completely false, damage your reputation, make you lose your job, make you go to jail, possibly even suffer the death penalty just because they have something against you. That should not be okay. If they know that whatever they're saying about you is going to cause you to lose your job, then when people find out that it was false, then they should lose their job and on top of that, everyone should know and your name should be cleared. If they're trying to get you put in jail, they should go to jail and your name should be cleared. God says, I'm not putting up with this. You don't get to tell lies about other people when there becomes consequences for that. Now, again, sometimes we do this by accident. We're not trying to hurt this person. We're just trying to protect ourselves. We're saying, oh, I didn't do this, even though we know that we did. 
And then they have to find out who did it. And for some reason, they begin to believe that it's someone else. And then that person loses their job or goes to jail. When you begin to know this, whenever you just quickly say, oh, I didn't do this. And then you realize this isn't going away. They're searching for someone and someone is going to pay for this. Then you have to fess up. You have to because no one else should suffer for the things that you've done. You don't want to be in trouble. I get that. But you can't allow someone else to suffer for that. Proverbs 19.5 says, a false witness will not go unpunished. And he who breathes out lies will not escape. God doesn't let us get away with our lives. Either someone will find them out or they'll eat us up inside, right? I don't know how many of y'all have read The Scarlet Letter, but when I was in high school, we had to read this book. It's a very short book, but it's hard to read because it's written in the Old English. But the gist of this story is that this woman has committed adultery and she has a scarlet A on her chest to show everyone that she has committed adultery. And she has to wear this around all of the time in shame, basically. And the way that she was found out is she became pregnant and she wasn't married. And so everybody knew that she'd slept with someone, but she never tells who it is. And the man never gets in trouble. A woman gets caught, right? The women can't escape that if they're pregnant. But the man, she never revealed who he was. And he seemingly gets away with this. No one is ashamed of him. There are no consequences for his action. Yet this woman is tainted everywhere she goes. Well, eventually we find that the person that got her pregnant is the preacher in this town. And the way that we find it out is this man has some sort of sickness and he is just getting sicker and sicker and sicker and nobody can find out what's wrong with him and nobody can help him. And the reason for this is because his lie, his secret is eating him up inside and he knows that she is facing consequences for, yes, something that she's done, but also something that he's done and he's getting away with it scot-free and he doesn't feel free because God's not going to allow that. Obviously, this is just a story, but it's, it's trying to portray this is that you think that you've gotten away with a lie. You haven't. God will not allow you to ever be completely free Either you'll be found out and then you will suffer the consequences for what you've done or it will eat you up inside. And so it never profits us to lie and say we didn't do something and especially to allow someone else to go down for something that we've done. And so Proverbs says you will not go unpunished if you lie about another person. You will not escape. Now, even worse than simply lying or lying about another person is to use God's name to do it. That's the reason that in the United States, we place our hand on the Bible in a court of law so that if we lie, we're not only suffering consequences judicially, but we're also suffering the consequences of lying 
in the name of God. And so we've got him to answer to in that situation. Leviticus 19, 11 to 12 says, you shall not deal falsely. You shall not lie to one another and you shall not swear by my name falsely. That profanes the name of God and I am the Lord. So that is an even more serious offense than just flippantly telling a lie or even maliciously telling a lie about another person's to use God's name to do it. But also, if what we're saying is true, we don't even need to swear at all. Whenever we do this, whenever we swear about a certain thing, it kind of brings into question everything else that we said that we didn't swear on, right? So maybe we are really telling the truth this time. We're like, I swear I'm telling the truth. Then if people begin to believe you because you're making this a serious thing, then they start to think, well, what about all the times that they didn't swear? (laughs) Were they just lying those times? And this time they're really telling the truth. God says, no, just always tell the truth in everything that you say. And don't leave anybody to wonder if you're lying sometimes, but other times definitely telling the truth. If our words are always truthful, that leaves no room for doubt or judgment in anything we say ever. So in Matthew 5, 33 to 37, It says, you've heard that it's said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but you shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, don't take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, it's the footstool, or by Jerusalem, which is the city of the great king. Don't take an oath by your head, for you can't make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than that comes from evil. And then James 5, 12 just says it real succinctly. But above all, my brothers, don't swear either by heaven or by earth or by an other oath. But let your yes be yes and your no be no so that you may not fall under any condemnation. So just tell the truth in everything that you say and do. And then there's no question. We don't have to wonder, okay, well, she didn't swear by it, so maybe that wasn't quite true. No, just tell the truth all the time. God is truth and Satan is a liar. God cares about truth and justice and his children should care about that too. We need to protect and preserve the truth. And we obviously want to associate ourselves with God and not with Satan. So we're going to end by looking at a couple of verses that talk about this. Zechariah 8, 16 to 17 said, these are the things that you shall do. Speak the truth to one another. Render in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another and love no false oath. For these are things that I hate declares the Lord. And then here's the one that tells us that Satan is a liar. John 8, 44. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and he doesn't stand in the truth 
because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when we lie, we're taking after Satan. When we tell the truth, we're taking after Jesus. John 14, 6 says that Jesus tells the disciples he is the way and the truth and the life. So Jesus characterizes himself as the truth. Satan is the father of lies. Jesus is the truth. Who do we want to associate ourselves with? And then John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you the things to come. So this is the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I am the truth and I'm with you right now. But when I die, God is going to send the spirit of truth to live with you. And he will guide you and tell you all of the truths that I stand for. So if we want to know the truth, we need to read Jesus's words. If he's the truth, then everything he tells us is true. The Bible is the word of God. Jesus is also called the word. And so all of the Bible is true. And so when we want to know the truth, we read the word of God. And then when specific circumstances come up and we're not sure what is true and what is false, we can pray and ask the Holy Spirit to guide us, to teach us what is true. Whenever even we're reading the Bible and we're confused about things, we can ask the Holy Spirit, tell us the truth. Help us understand this. Let me know what is true and what is false so I can discern between what God is telling me and what Satan is telling me. I want to know the truth. And I'm just a bit confused right now. So I need you, the spirit of truth, to reveal that to me. And God will do that. Again, God cares about truth and he cares about justice. And so if we're asking him, what is the truth? And we're honestly seeking the truth, he will help us find it. He also will reveal the lies to us. Listen to what it says in Luke 8, 17. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. God does not let us get away with our lies. Eventually, the truth will come out. And not only in specific circumstances, but the truth of this day and this time, the truth about God himself will come out. One day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. One day, everyone will know the truth of God. All of the evil, all of the lies, all of the deception that Satan has been sowing here on this earth will be made known. And our job as Christians is to reveal the truth of God everywhere we can. Learn it, know it for ourselves, 
and be able to show it to other people so that they can know the truth. And in knowing the truth, if Jesus is the truth, then they come to know Jesus and then they gain salvation. And so ultimately, that's why we can't stand for lies because Satan is a liar and Jesus is the truth. And we want to stand for Jesus. And so sometimes as Christians, we tell little white lies, we think, because we don't want to hurt someone's feelings or we don't want to be condemned by the mob or whatever the case may be. But by not telling the truth, by not standing up for the truth, we're not standing up for Jesus. We're aligning ourselves with the liar who is Satan. And so we don't have to do it in a mean way. We shouldn't. We shouldn't do it in a mean way. But we can't lie, even if it seems like it's for a good reason. Even if we're not telling lies about someone else to hurt them, even if we're not inadvertently telling lies about someone else because we're trying to save our own skin. Maybe we're just telling lies because we want to not hurt someone's feelings or cause problems, but it's never okay because anytime we tell lies, we are aligning ourselves with the father of lies. We're showing the character of Satan, but anytime we tell the truth, we're revealing Jesus more and more to the world. And so we have to tell the truth. Tell it in love, tell it in kindness, but we have to tell the truth to align ourselves with the one who is the truth so that we can reveal him to the world so that more people will come to know him. And then knowing the truth, they'll be set free from their sins and receive eternal life through knowing that truth. So that's all we have for today. Next week, 10th commandment. We'll be finished with the commandments on our next episode. So make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss that episode. Also go over to livethroughjesus.com, read the blog post that has to do with this lesson and join me on all social media. I'll be posting a lot of these scriptures that I read today on social media throughout the week. So look at that. And then just join me on the next episode so we can talk about the last commandment. Thanks and have a good day.